I live to know the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit more. And we want to start with the foundation scripture from last week. And the series we're trying to do, this four-part series, is, is dealing with imparting to the next generations. Imparting to the next generations. And Tyler Frank, uh, he's a Liberty student, part of the church, and this is his second year. Uh, he's from Asheville, North Carolina, and uh, he's, uh, <laughs> uh, he attends his father's church. So his father's a pastor of the church, so... We ask him to read the scripture for us today. Um, This is Judges 2, verse 6. Joshua sent the people away, and the Israelites went to take possession of the land, each to his own inheritance. The people worshipped the Lord throughout Joshua's lifetime and during the lifetimes of the elders who outlived Joshua. They They had seen all the Lord's great works he had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. That whole generation was also gathered to their ancestors. After them... Another generation rose up and did not know the Lord or the works the Lord, he had done for Israel. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give Tyler a hand. Now, we were talking about, two weeks ago, a generation that didn't know the Lord. And we, last week, talked about uh, we wanted to make sure that we knew the Lord because if you don't know the Lord, of course, you can't pass it on to another generation. This week... We wanted to go over, we want to know the Lord more. I don't think that we have arrived to the point where we can say we know the Lord as much as we can know him. That we have gained all the knowledge about the Lord that we need. I can't say that, and I'm sure you can't say that. And I, do, I believe that sanctification is a process that we go on from the time we are born again to the time the Lord takes us home. And that's part of getting to know him more. We want to look at the Apostle Paul and see some of the things that he said about him knowing. Let's look in Ephesians chapter 1. And let's see some of the things he said there. Let's start in verse 3. We're talking about knowing the Lord more. And I want to impress upon you the importance of knowing God more. We know him a little. We might know him a lot. But I want to know him more. And I believe that you'll see after the day that we all need to know him more. I live to know him more. Verse 3. Blessed be be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. It says, in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through 
Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. Not our will, his will. Let's go to verse 13. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge. A pledge is a, a down payment. It's earnest money. It's paid beforehand for that which is confirming the transaction. So eternal life we have, the Holy Spirit has been given to us when we are born again as a down payment, as a pledge for that which is to come. With a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints. You remember last week we talked about one of the ways you know that you are, that you know him, is that you're in eternal life. You have eternal life. Eternal life and knowing him is synonymous. You're, you're there. Also, that you have love for one another. And he's saying that here, that he's heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, which is this among you, and your love for all the saints. He says in verse 16, Do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. Now, I wonder what is he mentioning? That the God, this is a key verse now, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of, it means a spirit of, revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, this is what he's saying. He's saying that because of your faith, because of what I've heard about you, your love for one another, I'm making mention of you in my prayers to the Father. I'm giving thanks to the Father, but I'm praying that the Father will give you a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him. Oh, do, do you think we need a revelation of the knowledge of him? See, because that's what, that's what he's praying. So if, if he already heard about the faith. If, if, if all they needed was what they got at salvation, he wouldn't be praying that prayer. But he's praying it. Because he knows they need a revelation of the knowledge of him. I need a revelation of the knowledge of him. God, give me more revelation of the knowledge of you. That's a prayer that we can be praying. Let's look at another uh, epistle of Paul. Uh, well, let's go to the, to the fourth chapter. And you remember in the 11th verse, we've gone over this before. We're starting the 11th verse here. He gave some apostles. He gave some prophets, some evangelists, some pastor teachers. And he gave them... The, these are what they call ascension gifts for the equipping of the saints for works of service. Let's see what, what it says in verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith. So he said we all need to come into the unity of the faith and of the, come on, knowledge 
of the Son of God. Part of my responsibility is to help all of us to come into the knowledge of the Son of God. And if I'm, if I'm not doing that, then I'm not doing what he says in the Bible. Helping us to come into the knowledge of, our, of the Son of God. Now, if we have already arrived again, see, I'm, I'm impressing upon us the need to grow more in the knowledge of him. If we've, if we've already been there, you don't need to read this. But I say that he has given the apostles, he's given the prophets, he's given the evangelists and the pastor teachers all to help us attain that, the knowledge of the Son of God. Let's look in Philippians. We're trying to hammer home here what God is saying. Let's look in verse uh, Philippians chapter 3. Look in verse 7. This again, he's speaking to the body here. He says, but whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as lost for the sake of Christ. Who's talking? Apostle Paul. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value, oh, I don't think you see it, of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And this is Apostle Paul now. This is not just there's some, you know, somebody just happened along and picked up an epistle that was written by somebody. No, he's writing this to the church. And he's saying, I count everything as lost for the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. Paul, don't you know him? And he said, uh, not like I want to know him. I don't know him like I want to know him. For I suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteous, righteousness of my own derived from the law. Praise God. It's not by works. Is that correct? Oh, it's by grace. We've saved. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may, whoo, my goodness gracious, I don't think y'all saw this all over the Bible when you were reading this, eh? that I may know him. The power and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. See, he's headed somewhere. He's headed somewhere, but he knows that I need to know him more in order to get to where God has called me to be. In order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already attained. Paul says, I have not already attained. 
I say I have not already attained. What do you say? All have already been become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Jesus Christ. He laid hold on us. He laid hold on us. So we are supposed to be pressing to lay hold on him who laid hold on us. See, we don't lay hold on him so that he can lay hold on us. That's backwards. He laid hold on us. Now we're supposed to press to lay hold on him. He's the initiator. We love him because, there you go, he first loved us. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Ooh, Paul, he's tough. I want to give you a, a demonstration of one way you can, one person presses into getting to know him. You can sing to the Lord, can't you? We're going to talk about how next week. How do I? The, today, today we're talking about really um, we need to, we need to press in. To knowing him more. Next week we're going to talk about how do you do that? How do you press in to get to know him more? Let's open to this epistle, Second Peter. Let's go there. I want to camp out here just for a little bit. The rest of the time, we might reference a couple more places, but we want to camp out here. Now this. Epistles written by Simon Peter, some say. Others say it was penned by someone else like Jude, but um, Peter was the authority behind it. So whichever it is, we're going to read it face value and go there because that's what it opens up saying. Let's look in verse 1 of chapter 1. Second Peter. Simon Peter. So we're talking about one of the ones who, of course, was with Jesus. One of the, how many? Twelve. A bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ. And we're going to spend time unpacking the first four verses here today. Now, to say I'm a, an apostle, when, you, when someone said, I am an apostle of Jesus Christ, that to them, when they was hearing this, it carries weight. It carries authority. It carries someone who is speaking for Jesus Christ because that person was with Jesus. It's a, um, an ambassador, a sent one. So what an apostle is. And it says, an apostle of Jesus Christ. So who sent Peter? 
Jesus Christ and Matthew, he told them, go into all the world, make disciples. But that's not the, the heaviest thing that he wanted them to see, because it's really not the first thing he said. The first thing he wanted to get over to them is that I am a doulos in Greek, a slave. I'm a bond servant of Jesus Christ. In other words, he, he wants to make it known before he even starts is that I'm walking in humility. I am just like you. Let's make that made plain before I say anything else. I'm just like you. I'm a bond servant. But my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, just like you are. And then he says, I'm apostle. So the tone is softened here, even though he's speaking with apostolic authority, he's laid the humility foundation first. Then he says, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours. Now, he's again... Speaking of humility, because he's saying, by the righteousness of our Lord, our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. In other words, we are the same. You receive the faith just like we have, all the apostles. Your faith is the same, you receive it the same. None of us, just because we were walking with him, we had to receive it the same way you received it. We are all the same. So he's, he's putting this out there for us on the same plane. So that tells you no matter what kind of title you have in Christianity, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, you know, sound technician, worship leader, you know, uh, over the prayer ministry, over the dance minister, over the hospitality minister, over the coffee ministry. It doesn't matter, does it? We're all the same. Because we receive the same faith, same way as apostles. We are what we are by the grace of God. Right? That's what he's, he's, he's putting his foundation here. Now let's go a little further here. What does he say? He says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of our Lord, our God, and of Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, let's go back to what it says here in the first word of verse 2. Grace. Grace. Now, grace, of course, everyone knows that they, one of the parts of the definition would be unmerited favor. I want to submit to you today that it's more than unmerited favor. It's more than that. It is that, but it's more than that. It's an enabling also. When you have grace, when grace is upon you, you are enabled to do things that you weren't able to do. That's why 
I pray, pray for grace when I get up here so that I can do things that I couldn't normally do if I were not up here. I need some anointing. <laughs> you know? and, and you do too, don't you? Because if, if, if like, they, like I said, if truth be told, we need anointing to hear <laughs> the word of God because we have an enemy that he doesn't want us to hear. So we do need grace, an enabling ability. Grace is something that uh, we can say is favor also, is power also, power, power to accomplish something that you couldn't accomplish is only by just the favor of God that he does it. Not because he has to, he just voluntarily does it because he is who he is. Grace and peace be multiplied. That, let me come back to that then, because I want to really, really tell you something about that. Grace, if I say, I need favor, one person told me one time, I, I, I don't want a uh, position, I want favor. See, they knew that if I have favor, I don't need a position. If you have the favor of God, you don't need a position. But, of course, we know that God gives positions, of course, doesn't he? All in, I mean, it's in, in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. You know, if, you, if you don't believe it, ask Korah and company, you know, about position, because he wanted to take Aaron's place. Uh, but Korah's rod didn't bud. <laughs> you know, so position matters to God, but I, what I'm trying to get over to you that you know you want favor, you want favor. That's what I want. Moses understood that. He understood it. Let's look at it in Exodus. Let's just turn there. Hold your place right there because we're coming right back. That's what you know. We, we're unpacking uh, Second Peter now, first four. Uh, let's go to thirty-three. Start in verse twelve. Let's see what he, what he says there. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you said to me, bring up this people. But you yourself have not let me know whom you will send with me. Moreover, you have said, I have known you by name, and you have found favor, see, that, this is great, in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found, found favor in your sight, let me know your ways. Oh, you don't see it, do you? That I may know you. Come on. That's Moses that's Mo now. I mean, this, this man now, he's, he's uh, kind of pretty tough, isn't he? When you say Moses is pretty tough, he's pretty, pretty tough. He's pretty tough. You think God's favor is on him? Yeah. Think the anointing of God is on him? Yeah. Yeah, that's Pharaoh. Yeah. It's on him. It's on him. Yeah. Don't mess with Moses. Yeah. You see, that's what Moses said. 
I want to know your ways. I want to know more about you. Help me to know more about you, God. I, I got to know more about you. Because your ways, if, if you know man's ways, you, that tells you something about him, don't it? Yeah. Yeah. Most of you who, who are married, you can say that. You can say, well, you know, I know my mate. I know him. See? Because you know some of their ways. You, you know, somebody said, well, well, uh, he did this or she did this. She said, no, 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 that's not, that, that, that's not, well, I know they didn't do that. I know they didn't do that. See, I, I can tell you, I, I can tell you, so if somebody said, well, hey, guess what? Stella-led worship man, she was just out there front, boy, she was just walking up down that stage, boy, she was just going at it, man, the, the anointing of Regina was on her. <laughs> and I would say, and you would say, and definitely her husband would say, yeah, that's not Stella. That's not Stella. There might be somebody else, but that's not our Stella. She's not standing out in front of nobody. When I told them to, hey, I want the lead singer, the one who's singing, I want them to step forward and the others step back so that they can, you know, everybody can see, uh, you know, what's happening when they hold a hand up, when they do that, they, they can see them. And the audience knows that we have more than one person leading here because sometimes they had to find out who's leading the thing. Stella won't step forward. No, boy. You know, people step back, she step back. You know, <laughs> don't let me be out front. No, no, no. I don't want to be in the spotlight. No. See, so you got to know people, don't you? See, Moses saying, I want to know your ways, Lord. Tell me your ways. Show me your ways so that I may know you. And we could put another word on it, more. Because we know Moses knew the Lord some, don't when you say that? Yeah. And we know the Lord some, but we want to know him more. We live to know him more. And that's what he was saying here. Let's go back to Second Peter. Now when it says grace and peace be multiplied, I mean I like that. That that you want. You want favor, you want peace to be multiplied. It would have been okay if it said added to you, but it didn't say added to you. It would have been great if it said trickled to you. That's okay too. But when somebody said multiplied to you, that means that this thing is abounding. That means this thing is increasing, uh, you know, manifold. You know, you can add 10 to 10 and you got 20, right? But you multiply 10 by 10, you have abundant more, don't you? Well, that's what God is saying here. God is saying that, uh, you know, through the apostle, it's not just one of these, uh, what, what they call uh, niceties. You know, you write a letter, how are you doing? I hope you're doing fine. You know, I hope you're well. No, it's not one of those. He is speaking those things that be not as though they were. He's speaking into their lives. I want grace. I want peace. I want to be multiplied to you. Now, what he says here. In, now that in, that in, is in the Greek is en, uh, in English is in, but it can mean by, it can mean through, so it can, can mean any of those depending on the context, depending on how, how the rest of it goes. But for just sake, we'll say in, you know what we mean by, you know what we mean through. The knowledge 
of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. How are you going to get grace and peace to be multiplied to you? How are you going to get it? It's got to be through or by the knowledge of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's got to be. You see? And he's, he's, he's letting us know that now. He's letting us know that. I want grace and I want peace to be multiplied to you through or by the knowledge of God. So if you want more favor, if I want more favor, I need to know him more. Do you hear me? We need to know him more. We need to know his ways more. Let's go a little further. Seeing, well, let me go back. Let me go back. I didn't, didn't, didn't finish what, what, what I need to do. Do you know how important this is to, to Peter in this letter to him? He's opening up with it, isn't he? Grace and peace be multiplied to you. I told you it was not just a little nicety. And uh, go to the last chapter of Second Peter. It's uh, chapter 3. It's only three, three chapters in, in, in Second Peter. Let's look at the last verse. Sometimes when somebody opens up with something and close with something, you know it's important. Right? You know it's important. They're trying to tell you something. He says, but grow. Do you believe that you can grow in the knowledge? It says, do you think you can grow in the grace? What do you think? It says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, if he's saying this, he's in with this, that means that it's important, isn't it? When he says, but grow in the grace, Growing, he's already told you, he wanted to be multiplied. It says grow in the grace and grow in the knowledge. And I'm submitting today that we need to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's how important it is when he opens up with this grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's important because he ends with it. Now let's go to verse 3. Sing. that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Now, let's unpack this verse here. Now, we know we're still hammering home that we need to grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is that correct? We need to grow in our knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ because we want to know him more. We want to know him more because we want to get to the point when he takes us home that we know him. We want to get to the point where we say that uh, we know that we know that we know him. Just as he's taking us home, you know, when we get our, our glorified body, until the end we're progressing and, and pressing towards that mark. But we want to leave other generations behind that know the Lord. 
We now won't say it about the generations that they didn't know the Lord. We don't want to say it about our children. We don't want to say it about, about uh, our relatives that they didn't know the Lord. Like uh, Samuel said about Eli's sons. You remember last week? They didn't know the Lord. And you knew they knew something. They knew something. Right? So there's got to be something else besides head knowledge. Let's see what it says here. Now, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and excellence. Let's say that the goal, the end result, the touchdown is life and godliness in this verse. Our aim is for life, that's eternal life, and, what else? Godliness. Is that scripture? Yeah, it's scripture. We want to walk the talk. Is that correct? Not just talk the talk. Anybody can do that, can't they? We need to talk it, but we need to walk it. So that's the goal. I want to have eternal life, Father, on that day, and I want to walk in godliness now. That's what I want. Well, how am I going to get there? Because obviously, if I could get there on my own, I don't need him. Is that correct? Do we need him? Why do we need him? Because it's him who gives us the will and to do of his good pleasure. So that means we have to have him. So how do I get there then, Lord? The touchdown. How do I get to the touchdown? I see I see the goalpost, but I'm on the one-yard line. With my back against my own goal, if I go to one step back, Lord, it's going to be a safe. I don't want to do that, Lord. So I want to go forward. How do I do that, Lord? What is going to be my source that's going to take me there? It says, seeing that his divine power, his divine power has granted us everything that pertains to life and godliness. So it's his divine power that's going to get us there. It's not our own works. It's his divine power. Now, of course, you know, we have to do something, right? Of, of, of course, right? We got to do something, right? We got to do something. We got to take a step. As we take a step, he, it's him who gives us the ability and the will to do that step, but we got to take it. So we have here divine power is the source that's going to get us there. Okay, Lord, that's good. I know that you're going to do it. It's your power working in me that's going to get me there because the Holy Spirit is, is working. Is the Holy Spirit working in you? Okay. But God, there's a long ways between where I am and godliness. I want to get to godliness. It says, through the true knowledge of him who called us. 
So that means that the way that I'm going to get there, the way that you're going to get there, the means that you're going to get there, you know, if I'm running back, the means that I'm going to get there is going to be my legs, right? Not only my legs, but it's got to be the legs of somebody else. It's got to be the strength of somebody else because you've got to have linemen, right? You've got to have a quarterback. You've got to have all those type of things to help you get to the goal line, but we're going to have to, that's, that's the means, our own abilities. That's why we go to the weight room. We, if we use that analogy, a sports analogy, we got to do something. If somebody tells me, well, I'm a bike racer, you know, they told me that they were going on a bike race and everything like that, and they want to uh, race for 10 miles and things like that. Well, the means going to be the bicycle. They don't have no bicycle. You're not on a bicycle race. Right? Yeah, you're not in a bicycle race. You may think you're in a bicycle race. You're not in a bicycle race. So, through the true knowledge of him, how are we going to attain to life and godliness? Through the true knowledge of him who called us. You can't get there except through the true knowledge of him who called you. So if you don't want more knowledge, you don't want more godliness. You got to have knowledge of him who called you in order to get there. His power, see, is going to be working in us, but that power is going to be working in us so we can know more of him. So it tells me that my devotional time, and hear me now, hear me now, people, because you see, you got to to listen. My devotional time is not in just reading the Bible. I can't just read the Bible and say, well, I read through the Bible. I read five pages a day. Whoopee. I read five pages. I have to, I have to have some goal in mind when I'm reading. I want to know him more. What is it revealing those 12 pages I read, five pages I read, five lines I read, five verses I read, five words I read, whatever I read, do I know more of him when I finish than when I started? That's what I want to know. Because that's the only way I'm going to get to godliness, that I know him more. Who called us by his own glory and excellence. Glory. Woo. And we, we went through the glory a long time uh, when we started this year because the glory is his radiance. Oh, it's his excellence. So we know it's by his own glory and excellence. Verse 4, for by these, by these meaning by his glory, by his excellence, through which, meaning by these, he has granted us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Now, what it's saying here is the same thing is said in verse 3. The same thing, except it's saying it different. Okay? Now, let's look at it. We know that his divine power is working in us, but it says it's going to be working in us to reach us, get us to the goal, the touchdown, which is life, and godliness. Well, in verse 4, the goal is to be partakers of his divine nature. 
That's positive, isn't it? His divine nature. That's godliness, isn't it? Oh, yeah. He's God. He is godliness. Having escaped the corruption that's in the world. That's negatively speaking the same thing because once you, if you escape the corruption in the world by lust, you're going to be walking a godly walk. Because if you're walking ungodly, it's going to be what? You're going to be corrupt. And you'll be falling into lust. Do you see that we're talking the same thing now? And the vehicle, the means, is, with verse 3, it was the knowledge of him. And in verse 4, is by his pressures and magnificent, magnificent promises. But doesn't he give that? When you get to know God, what does God tell you? He tells you that you're saved by grace, doesn't he? He tells you that you're the apple of his eye, doesn't he? He tells you that no one can pluck you out of his hands, doesn't he? He tells you all these magnificent, all these precious promises. It's like he's holding up to us rewards that will help us to run the race when we are tired. Run the race when we are discouraged. And so when I'm reading the scripture, I read devotionally, but I also want to stop and I also want to find things that I can confess, that I can meditate on in my daily walk. Because if I'm having trouble, let's say, uh, with trusting God in an area of my life, I want to find scriptures in that area of my life so that as I'm meditating, as I'm going about my everyday work low, I'm thinking about this promise he's given me. And if I'm a, a worrier, if I'm concerned about this area, he's already told me in Philippians 4, 4 through 9, he's told me, rejoice in the Lord always, didn't he? Again, I said rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men, for God's at hand. Be careful for what? Nothing. 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 So as I'm being anxious about something, I said, okay, I can't. He said, be anxious for nothing. Now, how did he tell me to do that? By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let my request be known to him. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. But these thoughts keep coming, God. These thoughts of, you know, these thoughts of oh, this is going to happen, this bad thing going to happen. This is gonna... Start thinking on those things that are true. See, that's a lie, what you're thinking of. You think on something that's true. Honest, good report, having a virtue, having a praise. Think on those things. See, if I have this, that's why you've you got to hide the word in your heart that you might not sin against him because you want to meditate on something. You, you, if you're having trouble, your devotional time, you might be reading in Genesis. That's what I'm reading right now in Genesis. And it might not be speaking of this problem I have. Do you see what I'm saying? And so what I have to do is, is during the devotional time, I, had to t- I can't take away from it. Well, you know, I just read this morning. Enoch, uh, he walked with God 
and he was not. God took him. Oh, God, don't take me yet, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I got this thing over here to do. You know? It might not be speaking to me. It might not be speaking to me. Um, but this area right here is speaking to me. Let me thumb through this page. Let me get this, this promise right here. Okay. He's promised me that his peace will keep me if I think on those things true. So I'm going to cast all these other thoughts away. I'm going to bring all every thought captivity to the beatings of Christ. You see? Corinthians. That's what we have to do. In order to, he says that in verse 4, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. How many of them is it in the Bible do you believe? How many promises do you think is from Genesis or Revelation? That's right. That's right. You can't count them on your fingers and toes. You know, there's something wrong with you. you know? <laughs> because it's about three, it says about over 3,000 promises. You know? You see? Yeah. He wants us to know his promises. By these, these promises, he wants, us, he wants us to become, he said, by these, for by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that. What does that mean, so that? In order that, right? He's given us promises in order that we may be, become partakers of his divine nature. Suppose I don't want to talk about the promises because that is theologically not what I believe that I should be thinking on promises. I should be thinking on suffering. Well, suffering is okay, isn't it? Isn't it okay? I mean, you're going to suffer anyway, right? But I need some promises in order to go through the sufferings. Do you hear what I'm saying? I got to have some promises. He's given me promises so I can be partakers of his divine nature. That's what I need. And avoid destruction in the world through lust. So I want to avoid destruction. So I need a promise because only, the only reason why we fall into this destruction is because the enemy is telling us lies, right? Oh, if you rob the bank, you're going to have a lot of money for Christmas. <laughs> <It's> a, right. <laughs> Come on, I mean, you, you got to be some, some reward, right, for sinning, isn't it? <laughs> Just think about it. Every sin that we've committed is some thought that we had that is fun. It's going to be all right. It's going to be fun. Nobody's going to know. It's going to be all right. We're going to have a good time. No, no, no. See, when I read the Bible, see, when I know his ways, when he tells me, because he's going to tell me all the wiles and schemes of the devil, he's going to tell me all those type of things. When I start getting to know him, I say, uh-uh, no, 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 devil. You're not going to get me to eat that, that fruit of that tree. Uh-uh. Well, you'll be like God. Oh, I don't want to be like God in that way. He, no, 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 no. He told me already what he has for me. I'm going to wait on him. Right? Wait on him. If he wanted Eve to be taken of that tree, and Adam, he would release the, the ban on it, wouldn't he? He can do what he wanted to. 
So I'm telling you, today, we need to know him more. We need to know him more. That's the bottom line. We need to know him more. So that we'll be partakers of his divine nature and so that we can escape the corruption that's in the world, so that we can be just like him. Let's stand. Next week now, we're going to say, well, how do I really do this, Lord? How do I get to know you? We're gonna, uh, you can start reading Second Peter chapter 1, start in verse where we left off, because we're going to start unpacking that too. Okay? That's going to tell us how we're going to get there. Okay? Is God good? He doesn't leave anything to the imagination. In other words, he, he said, I want you to know me. I want you to know what's going on because I want you to be partakers of my divine nature. I want you to be there. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you, Father, that your word is alive. Your word is true. It's forever, forever settled in heaven. We want to know you more, Lord. Our desire is to live to know you more. Our desire is to be partakers of your divine nature. Help us when we are reading the word of God, your word, Lord, that you will show us those promises that we can hold on to when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Show us those promises that can help us avoid the enticement of the world. Show us the promises so that we can just jump for joy. Because we know on that day we will join the angels in singing the song of the Lord. We will be with you, Lord, forever and ever and ever. We are not going to rejoice just because demons flee. We're not going to rejoice just because the sick is healed and blind see. That's a product of being in you and knowing you, Lord. The more, the more we're in you, we, we abide in you and your words abide in us. We can ask what we will to be done. We want to know you more, Lord. We get excited because we are born again. We are saved by grace. You have given us an exchange, your righteousness for our sinfulness. We can get excited that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Eternity. And we thank you for that. 